Fatality Fitness Podcast, covering everything from fitness, health, and nutrition with your host, Matthew Smiley, covering top topics and answering all your fitness Q&As with featured guests. Hello and welcome to the Fatality Fitness Podcast. I'm Matthew Smiley, and on this episode, I've got special guest Stephen Cassells. Stephen, how you doing? Good bad, mate, yourself? All good. Right, let's tell me a bit about yourself. Tell me your fitness journey and how you got started in the business as a personal trainer. So for me, it probably started like most personal trainers, to be honest. Um, I went through a wee journey myself. Uh, when I was in school, I often get referred to as Peter K. So if you know the comedian, you know that. Uh, that's how I looked like. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, went through school kind of getting... Uh, the usual name called about being fat and stuff like that so went on a wee journey started doing the wrong things which we're obviously going to talk about today um, and then decided to take it upon myself to go and study and actually learn um, so that I could pass on my experiences the mistakes I've made to other people to try and help them in their journey and make it a wee bit quicker and better How you're talking about your journey how, how big a transformation was it? So I went kind of both ends of the, the spectrum type thing I went from one extreme to the other so when I was in school, I was 17 stone, um, just flab, just blubber. Um, dropped right down to 12 stone um, and looked ill, because obviously I'm, I'm six foot one, so I just didn't look right at all. Um, ballooned back up to 17 and a half, uh, and now I'm sitting about 14. So, it's been a journey. <laughs> it's been a journey. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be as big as, big as that. Uh, so, <laughs> so, like... Um, how did you find? How did you find it at school? Obviously, being someone who has, as you're saying, been in at both scales, you've been someone who's kind of lost a lot of weight and kind of been extremely overweight, uh, especially at that kind of age. I would say. Uh, how yeah. did you find? Like, how did you find it mentally, uh, being at school? As you said, kind of name calling. You, f- you think to yourself that people probably don't realise that they were being trying to be funny with it, but. Obviously, how detrimental it would have been to you to then start your kind of fitness journey. Uh, obviously, it's um, it's a bit of banter. Do you know what I mean? Like, a lot of people see it as banter. Um, it, it is one of the things. Do you know what I mean? When you grow up in Glasgow, you're expecting it. Um, but yeah, it does have a, a massive effect on you. Um, to the point where social events, you don't really want to do social events, go out with your pals and stuff like that. Uh, lacking self confidence, trying to be overly funny. If I'm honest, because you're trying to overcompensate. Um, so again, that's how I refer to Peter K because that's what I used to say as well. Like people said to me, I looked like that, and I was funny that way. So you try and overcompensate it. And I used to be the guy that um, if we went on like a, a lads' holiday or something, I'd be the guy in the pool with the t-shirt on. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because you just try to cover it up, and you just you stand it even more because you're standing in that pool with a t-shirt on. Um, so obviously, you knew things had to change. Uh, his confidence was just an all-time low, massively. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what kind of age were you when that start, when you started to think to yourself, right, I need to make a change for myself? What made you think to yourself, I don't want to be the big guy in the T-shirt anymore on holiday? Probably when I was age of 16. Um, that's when it kind of started to get really bad because obviously you're, when you're 16, you start talking to lasses more, as everybody does type of thing. You, um, you're being trying to be more social and stuff like that, but the confidence just wasn't there. And then I took a, a massive dip with mental health, I would say, um, where... I know I was only 16 at the time, but you're drinking every weekend, but excessively, uh, to try and fit in, to try and join in with people, um, and then just took an all-time dip. Um, said, used to say to my mum and dad that 
you know, my mental health was terrible. I did it, I just shut off, just didn't want to leave my bed and stuff like that. So probably 16 is when the time I kind of started to think about kind of fitness and like kind of losing weight and stuff like that. Um, but at first, because I wasn't educated and stuff like that, I just went completely down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. Do, so, do you feel that you're getting to the gym has been something that's totally changed your life? Eh? Kind of, as you say, mental health and obviously feeling confident, losing weight. Oh, massively, massively, mate. Like, don't don't get me wrong. Like when I first started and stuff, like that, I was doing it all the wrong way. Um, just being stupid with things, just ego training and stuff like that. But it does it massively helps. Like even now, if I go like a week or two without the gym, I'm starting to lose my marbles. Like I need to get back in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has, it has massively impacted my life. Like the comments I have now, like my wife will tell you all the time, I've got a massive ego now. So um, it does it does massively change your outlook in life and stuff like that, mate. And it becomes like a habit. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it does, it massively helps your, your mental health. Like, you hear this all the time, right? And it is cheesy when people say, like, training does help your mental health and that. But take it from me, it, it massively does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, I just wanted to touch on it. Because obviously, this, the situation that we're in at the moment, we know that we can benefit from going to the gym for, not only for physical, um, improving your fitness, but also your, your mental health. But we're still in a situation now where, McDonald's are kind of halving their price for food and you can go to the pub but you can't go to the gym at the moment uh, it's crazy but even at that um, you know yourself like it's even just going out a walk what, what a difference like, that's one of the things I took away for lockdown like um, even just going to walk and listening to a podcast for even half an hour see the benefits that I've seen you come home your, your mind's clear um, so you don't even necessarily need a gym obviously the gym adds to it mm-hmm. um, and you become part of the gym you, you get to know people come to part of a community and you get to like as I said socialise with people but even if you've not got access to a gym like the new uh, we also still don't get access to gyms and that but just get yourself out for a walk and I, I guarantee you getting yourself out in the fresh air will completely change your mindset yeah definitely again it's all about just being active and mo- moving in general definitely you need to definitely be in, in the gym environment so let's jump in let's talk about so we're going to talk about the kind of long-term and damaging effects of quick-fix diets, uh, mentally and physically on your body. But let's let's talk about, as you mentioned before, like you've learned from kind of mistakes and lessons that you've done previously. So tell me things that you've maybe done in the past that you've learned that you wouldn't kind of promote or tell one of your clients to kind of do that you've learned from that mistake. So I think the, the first thing you need to kind of talk about is like, what is a fad diet like? How, how do you how do you notice it? And for me, the first thing is like they're normally endorsed by celebrities that don't actually use the product, don't really know what's in it. Um, and the other thing for me is if something's offering you a quick fix solution, it doesn't take any anything to the fact that your your age, your height, your weight, uh, and your activity levels and your lifestyle. It's that's a fad diet for me. That's a red flag. Mm-hmm. If they're promising X amount of weight in a certain amount of time, but don't take anything. Like that into account, that's a big, that's a massive red flag. How can how can they how can they guarantee you lose like say twenty pounds in four weeks if they don't know anything about you? Yeah. And there's no coaching aspect to it as well. If there's no coaching element, that's a fad diet. Yeah. Um. So for me personally, I, I fell into the trap when I was younger and stuff. Like that. You see these things on, on telly and you know you follow celebrities and um I done I done shakes and pills. I was taking fat burners left right and centre. Um kind of taking more than what the dosage should should be. Um, so I was taking, say, if I, a dosage said one, I would think to myself, well, I want it quicker, so I'll take two. Yeah. Um, and the thing for me is, like, with fad diets and stuff like that, they don't, they don't promote any sort of fitness. They don't tell you 
take this along with training or take this along with watching your diet. They just say take this and magic will happen. What's the maddest one you've heard? I've just, I've just jotted down a couple of kind of diets that people might attempt to try what, what do you think is the craziest ones that you've heard or even that you've, you've tried you're saying fat burners but is there any other kind of fad diets you kind of try that would you think to yourself why did I even attempt that uh, there's, there's hundreds out there like you obviously soup diets and stuff like that you've even got a pot noodle diet so I mean you really eat pot noodles all day every day and you lose weight um, for me the ones I tried was like shake diets I always tried shake diets and stuff and uh, that to me, looking back right now, is crazy to me. I mean, the only meal I was eating was dinner. Like, I was having a shake in the morning, shake in the afternoon, and the only meal I would have is dinner. Um, but uh, there's, there's some crazy, crazy ones out there, like eat only eggs, eat only hot dogs all day. Aye. Like, there's, uh, there's mad ones, do you know what I mean? It's just it's crazy. Well, Skinny it, teas and that as well. Like, uh, ones I wanted down was, like, cab- cabbage soup diets. And Aye. Why do you feel that people get drawn into these kind of ones with the... The shakes, because obviously, even during lockdown, I've seen a lot of people obviously promoting Herbalife and Juice Plus and all the other kind of shake stuff that you, you take. Why do people feel that they get dragged into that? Do you think it's because they they feel that they're restricting food, so they know they're going to get quick kind of quick results, or is it is it the way it's been promoted to them, or what do you feel? What do you feel why people get kind of dragged into that? I don't even think it's about like the the actual effects. I think the the quick fix is obviously there. That's obviously a bonus. Um, and I think because these things often come with, they don't actually prescribe any hard work or anything like that in it. So obviously in life, we all do it. I mean, we all try and look for that quick fix, the easiest route. Um, so these kind of shakes and stuff like that, obviously, they promote that. And I think as well, like, you've got to look at the marketing side. So these, these big companies have millions upon millions to spend on marketing. Mm-hmm. And they get people that... I mean, they'll say, this doctor said that, this doctor said that, but just because one doctor might be getting paid to say these things, do you know what I mean? It's like, if, if I went to a doctor, I mean, I went to a doctor about my mental health before, and they said to me, eh, what do you do for a living? And I was like, I'm a PT, and they told me to go and train. I'm like, mate, I'm a PT. They said, I spend more time in the gym. I'm like, but I'm a PT, mate. I'm in the gym every day. Um, but that's, that's the advice he gave me. So just because a doctor said it doesn't mean to say it's factual. Right. Um, but I think that's the problem. I think um, these big companies obviously pay a lot of money for their marketing, and they make it look. Don't get me wrong; they like it, make it look amazing um, because they've got the money to do that. They've got money for paying celebrities to endorse it. Um, they've got doctors that you know that they're really biased on their diet and their product, so they're going to come out and say this is the best thing. Um, probably known fine well that the only thing they need is, is the calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how these things work. So I think I don't think I think it's just the quick fix element here. Um, I mean, if you if you've got like a, a wedding coming up or a, an event coming up, and somebody's saying to you, "Listen, it's took you three years to put that weight on. It's going to take you a wee bit longer and a wee bit of coaching help to get you there where you want to be." Or you've got somebody else at the other side saying, "Join my thing for thirty days and you can lose 30, seven stone in a day." Aye. You're going to go for that thing seven stone in a day, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, that appeal. So I don't think it's a exactly mate. I don't think it's a it's not a bad thing if you fall for these things. Do you know what I mean? Like it, some people think they feel quite ashamed and embarrassed to say they've tried these things. And I don't think you should be, because if you're not really educated on it, then you, you do just go to these things because you think that's the right way to do things. And if you're in a vulnerable state and you're desperate to try and lose weight or whatever, you're gonna go for these things that promise you the magic. Aye. 
It's living learning, isn't it? You learn for trying these things yourself. Um, Definitely. Do you think it's just the way we promote as well? As you, is it like if you think about it, there, you're saying like take this shake, and you've if you've got a wedding in two months' time, we'll help you get to this X amount of weight. So they buy into that product. Where if if we turned around and said, right, you need to live your life with drinking two shakes a day and not being able to go out with your pals and not being able to eat what you want and basically you're only allowed a dinner. So you, but but if you come to us for personal training, you can basically eat a lot better, eat more, exercise more, feel more energetic, like everything that we've got to promote, but you can do that for your life, you don't need to be restricted, there's no diets, there's no being able to turn around, turn around and say no to anything, like, do you think that's the way we should pr- be promoting ourselves as personal trainers, like, we're telling you to... We're telling you that this is going to work for you as a as a life goal, rather than thinking about this wedding that's going to happen in two months' time. Like, and that's what that's what we are promoting. But maybe it's the way we should be selling ourselves. If you think, I definitely do think that we should be like kind of try to sell the the end, like the kind of overall goal, like the the lifestyle change. Um, but I think as well that the biggest problem that I see in the market is because. PTs anyway, I don't know how you feel, mate, but PTs kind of need to, it's almost as if we need to try and compete with these fad diets and these scams where we do need to sell the quick fixes as well, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's not until we get people in the door then we can start teaching them and saying, listen, although we've got you in the move, we'll say we'll get you this result in eight weeks, we can get you this and we'll coach you to actually prolong that so that it's not just after the eight weeks or whatever that, bang, you just go back to normal. But to get them in the door, I feel as if, like, if you look at the PTs, every PT out there is saying, like, Look at my results in six weeks that I'm getting my client. I date myself, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. look at my results I can get my client in 30 days. But the reason for that, in my opinion, anyway, is we need to almost compete on these scams. So, so if you're looking, 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 and then go on my wedding or whatever, or go on holiday, enjoy my two weeks, and then I'll, once I need that again, I'll, I'll go back on it and just start that vicious cycle of just binging and just dieting, binging and dieting, binging yep. and dieting, without actually learning the basics of it and being able to just get the result you want and prolong it and sustain it. Yeah, that's when, we, that's when we go on and we speak about that's what will happen for kind of yo-yo dieting, and that's why we promote it long-term, your, your life goals rather than this goal for this wedding and then, Eat, eat crap again and then back in that vicious cycle as you said so long term damaging effects of quick kind of fix uh, quick fixes would you think it, uh, not only on your body but on your mind set I think physically anyway like from from experience um, because the thing is see if you actually look at the research there's not a lot of research out there with the long term physical effects of fad diets because fad diets if you think about it are only meant to be on a short period of time yeah so, but for me anyway, look, much like anything, if you go super low your calories um, to the point of you're, you're constantly starving, um, you feel obviously lethargic, your sex drive isn't there, your hormones are all shot, your metabolism's shot, and if you're a female, you can actually start losing it in your menstrual cycle. So that's the kind of physical aspect. Mental aspect, if you think about it, if you're constantly in that vicious cycle, you're honestly, take it from, from me who's experienced it, you're in a constant battle with your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, social events, you don't want to go to social events because you think you'll mess up your diet. 
Um, you don't know how to come eat these things. You know, when I first started um, a shake diet, when I started trying to come out of that, no, nobody's there to coach you, nobody's there to teach you what you do coming out of it. So you just put the weight back on and then you think, oh, I need to go back on that shake diet. So you're constantly thinking, I mean, how long does it last? You end up doing a shake diet for a year because you're, you're, you're scared to come out of it because mm-hmm. you think, oh, if I come out of it and start eating normal again, I'm going to put all that weight back on that I've had. And uh, then you start forming like unhealthy relationships with food, um, which honestly, it's, it's the worst thing in the world because then, as I said, every day is a complete battle. Um, where you're kind of thinking, oh, if I eat this, I'm going to put on a pound or two pound, and that's you know, and it's, it can be daft things. You know what I mean? It can be like a bowl of cereal, and you look at it and go, I'm going to put on three pound if I eat that, and it's just a vicious. Your vicious cycle then becomes like a lifestyle cycle where you're just constantly thinking in a negative state all the time when it comes to food. Yeah, giving yourself that kind of long term kind of battle with it. Um, that's strange. Do you think that's? Do you think as much as like? slimming world and stuff kind of helps educate people on kind of eating slightly better do you feel that that's the kind of downfall with that like people get focused on kind of numbers with the, the when it comes to the kind of sins carry on and, and, and obviously getting weighed every week do you feel that that's the that's the kind of downfall with with their kind of uh kind of setups yeah i think they've got obviously they've got a lot of good, good things going for them do you know what i mean they do kind of they educate more than these kind of slimming shakes and magic pills and stuff like that. So they do have their benefits, and obviously you've got that community aspect of it. But the one thing for me with these kind of um, diets is obviously the way or the time they, they're constantly focused on the scale. So if you've not lost two pound, they'll go after your nut. You know what I mean? They'll go after nut for no losing two pound. Now that that two pound could have been because you've not went to the toilet before you weighed yourself. It can be something as simple as that. Um, but for me as well, like. Terminology, using terminology like that when it comes to nutrition and food, sins. I mean, right away when you say a sin, it's something bad. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's the same way cheat meals and cheat days and stuff like that. Why? Why is it a cheat meal and a cheat day? That that has a negative co- connotation to it. So that, again, has like it starts building and starts forming this unhealthy relationship with certain foods, and I don't think that should be the case. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely psychology in it. Um, something that I just created there was a, a webinar from a client saying there's no good or bad foods you should be in control you should, you're allowed to eat what you want but be in control of how much you consume and what you do that week um exactly exactly going out in a binge and, and it's a vicious cycle for a lot of people because what they feel what they do is and, and the way i've found with people when they go into kind of diet phases what they'll find is they'll do monday to thursday they'll eat like eat hardly any food restrict themselves for kind of things that they want to eat or restrict themselves of calories and extremely low calorie deficit and then when it comes to the weekend it's just everything goes to pot you go wild you binge out you put yourself in that vicious cycle again i'm going to start the diet again on monday and that can be a very vicious a vicious cycle um when it comes to that as well no it's me definitely like i've i've, I've been there i mean like even now um, I go through one extreme to the other. So if I'm trying to diet down or whatever, if I've got something coming up, because I've had that past and that experience and all these kind of fad diets and vicious cycle like binging and stuff like that, I go through one extreme to the other. So say, say I'm watching my calories right and I've had a terrible day and I think, do you know what, I, I, I've had a terrible day, I'm just going to have a bar of chocolate, I'm just going to do it. See, instead of having that bar of chocolate, I'll say, like, I used to do it, I'm starting to obviously come out of that now and I'm, I'm educated a bit more. I used to say, like, oh, I've had one bar of chocolate, fuck it, I'll just have the other four bars. So I mean? Because I've ruined my diet. Like, I'll start again tomorrow, I'll start again on Monday. But that's not the case. See, when you actually learn education, how you can actually 
manage that and incorporate those kind of things in your diet. You don't need to spurge it and binge. And that's the way I used to be. I used to have that bucket mentality where if I ruined it one day, that was it. I was shot in the arm. I've ruined everything. Mm-hmm. Let's just purge. And the thing is, as well, we have purge as well. Like that just rolls on and rolls on and rolls on. I remember I went for a, for about a year solid where I, I would start on Monday. When's that Monday going to start? Yeah. And that's another thing. Why does I have to start on Monday? Start on Monday. Mm-hmm. Start on Thursday. There's no, there's no reason to start. I used to have it in my head that, and a lot of people do. It's either a Monday or a Wednesday people start. I have it. Yep. And I don't know why they, they stick it. But it's like, I've had clients before where I've phoned them and stuff like that and said, when do you want to start? I'll start on Monday. Monday. Why don't we start today? Why don't we start tomorrow? So, I mean, why do we need to wait for a Monday or a Wednesday to come in to start actually improving? Yeah, it's definitely. And I think, it, I think we're in the kind of same situation at the moment with people that have maybe inquired about pe- personal training and, and they see a value in what you believe and they want you buy into it. And then they'll go, right, well, let, let's start when the gym's open. Like, oh, hold on. Like, <laughs> yeah, if, you had done, if you had said that at the start of lockdown and realised that it's four months down the line, you could have been like total transformation in four months time we're just yeah. making the changes that we do you don't again as you mentioned before we don't need a gym we can kind of get you moving more we can get you eating better we can get you sleeping better we can get control your stress management um and kind of prim- help your health um rather than holding off for four months waiting until the gym's open you're going into kind of uh, having mental battles maybe suffering with kind of slight depression not obviously due with the situation obviously a lot is have found it kind of challenging but you could have made a start and probably been like made a lot of good changes and especially good habit changes anyway start to get habits that you can take with you when the gym's reopen exactly mate. you don't even need to go you don't even need to go and mad to some mad wonderful and weird plan a uh, new pro training program or anything just using this time around even focus on getting to know my fitness pal and starting to track your calories there's there's so many calorie like calculators out there i think you've even got one yourself mate that yep. If you if you go into your your calculator, work it out. You've got a My Fitness Pal tutorial. I've got one. Most PTs have a My Fitness Pal tutorial. Just even get used to that and get to know that first before then you've got that habit. And then when you get into the gym, your nutrition part, which is normally the hardest part, is taken care of. So then when you actually do go into the gym, your results will come in no time. Um, and that, that that is the thing. So you just said, mate, like all these people that are waiting for lockdown to to finish. I mean, you, the way I said it to my clients when, when lockdown kind of kicked, I was like, take this as a new norm. If the gym was to shut for another year, another five years, would you still sit about and wait for the next time it come in for the gyms to open? Yeah. No, you need to take action. If you want change, you need to make it happen. And these ones that are saying about waiting for the gym, what happens when Christmas? Like, what happens if it doesn't and it gets prolonged again? It doesn't open in the middle of August, which is meant to be planned, up here in Scotland anyway. But if that gets prolonged again, then you're going to go, ah, well, wait until after Christmas. This year's a write-off. I've already heard people saying this is a write-off this year. You've still got six months yet to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Aye, so it's certainly not a write-off. You finish the year with a bang. See, when we're talking about my fitness pal and stuff, do you feel that people be- can become obsessive with that as well? Definitely. Um, I- I'll be honest, I, I became obsessed with it um, for a while. I think, um, I think with my fitness pal and calorie trackers and stuff like that they're, they're a great idea don't get me wrong they're, they're great they're a great tool to use but I think you should only use it up to a certain point um, especially if you've got an obsessive nature um, I became quite obsessed with it where everything was numbered everything and you know for me as well it was all like um, 
actually try to get every number. So I would I would freak out, see if it, see if my fats were down like five grams for the day, I would freak out. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? Do you know what I mean? Um but I like I've worked with a couple of clients as well that have been came too obsessed with it. Um, to the point where they start freaking out because they're 100 calories off their, their goal. Yep. And it's like, it's 100 calories, for God's sake. Like, need they died. Um, but I think, I, I, de- I definitely think they're a good tool to start. I used it. Now I don't use it personally um, because I used it for a certain amount of time. I know exactly how many calories are in a, a breast of chicken, for example. I eat pretty much the same things every day. So I eat more intuitive, uh, intuitively now uh, rather than chatting all the time because I used to go out for restaurants and stuff like that and you'd, sit, you'd see me sitting there on my phone like mm-hmm. just totally and I'd be like what, what's in this what's in that and you, you can become too obsessed with it you know what I mean but I said I think it's a good tool for people starting it yeah. just to get to know the basics of it. and then once you start most people eat the same things every day if I'm honest um, they might not think they do but they have a, a routine and uh, I think once you get to that stage where you kind of have a rough idea how much is in what then you can kind of start to tailor that back a wee bit. Unless you're, unless you're like physique driven, where you're actually competing and stuff like that, then I think you need to have that obsessive nature about it. Yeah, I think, as you say, that's a good tool to get started. But when you're start, when you're doing that, you should start to then start to visualise your plate, start to look and see. Right, okay, that's like, and it, and, and it goes back to that old me- measurement tool as well, like a fist of protein, a palm my carbs, a form of fat. Start to, start to visualise your plate and start to get an understanding of kind of what you're putting on it. If you then come off my fitness pal and you're not using it and you're still losing weight, then ideal. But if you then start to then gain weight, then it might be a point of going back on it. I think that's exactly. You can always come back to these things. Yeah, that's and thing. I've had clients before as well, mate, that you've probably had experienced it as well, where they see these things on social media and like in magazines and stuff like that and they say to me, oh, I've heard about this carb cycling, what did I do with it? And you're like, you've not even mastered the basics yet of nutrition. Yeah. Master the basics first, you'll get results, and then if you want to take it that much further, then you can start the carb cycling, calorie cycling, stuff like that, but stop looking at the the expert like the, the expert stuff first, and the like, kind of competing aspect of it, and just focus on the, the basics, and you'll be sorted. I think that's, the, I think that's another issue as well, that people just see... Okay, right. Somebody's doing carb cycle. Somebody's somebody's doing intermittent fasting, and then they feel it's like it's back to that kind of diet trends. Or let's try it. Whereas, hold on, just start with the basics. Stop, stop eating shit. Stop going out and drinking every weekend. Move more, and then you'll probably drop fat anyway without getting too. It's true. Uh, so keep it's it. true. Like, stop, stop, stop uh, chasing shiny objects. Yeah. You know I mean. Stick to the basics first, and the basics will get you to where you need to be. Especially if you're a general population. Yeah, that's all you need is the general basics. But if you're if you're then going to think right, I want to compete or I want to go and do a show and stuff like that, then start looking at the, the shinier things. But for me, a lot of people just get distracted with these new things. They see somebody else saying, or I've been on like social media influencers, for example, coming out with the next best thing. I do carb cycling. This is how I get in shape. That person probably gets paid to actually train and eat well, they've probably got a nutritionist. Like, stop looking at them. You're, you're a mum, a three, or two. Like, you don't need to carb cycle. Yep. So stop chasing shiny objects and stick with the basics and you'll be golden. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, that's a good point, to be honest with you, mate. Um, I want to go back to your journey. So tell me... Tell me the three, three things that you have learned that you would... 
that you would change that you've done? So the first thing would probably be don't trim your ego. Because uh, obviously, I think a lot of guys when they start out as well, probably like not so much females. I work with females now, and females don't seem to have an ego when it comes to training. They're very, very clued in. They just want to know everything. They want all the knowledge. But when you're a guy, I think it's just a trait where everybody you think you know her. Um, and I end up really, really injured um, and dirty bulk and all that kind of stuff. I went to hospital with heart problems and stuff like that because of it. Right. Um, so I, uh, that's that's one of the things. The next thing I'd probably say is there's no magic fix. Um, you know, get yourself moving, calorie deficit. If you want to lose weight, that's all you need. There's no fancy quick fixes. So see, many people ask me about intermittent fasting, keto diets and stuff like that. I went a full year trying all these diets. The one thing that works and the one thing that they all do is a calorie deficit. So you don't need all these things that are a tool for creating a calorie deficit, but they're not some magic fix. And the last thing would be stop comparing yourself to people on social media and like athletes and stuff. I'm not an athlete, so why am I comparing myself to these people? And that's probably the three things. If I was to go back now, I'd probably say to myself, like, you don't need any of that. Uh, let's talk about them. They're quite interesting, to be honest with you. So, dirty bulking. Obviously, all you're basically you're saying there is try to increase your calories, but basically eating anything that it was going. So, yeah. as you say, that's going to give uh, your health is going to deteriorate. And you're saying that you basically ended up with kind of heart issues. Yeah. So I went like I, I started becoming obsessive that way as well. Where um, in a year I put on it was when I went for 12, 12 stone to seventeen and a half in a year. Um, I was basically eating. Takeaways, so I would go to China Buffet King. I used to train at the Pure Gym, along at Bath Street. Right. Uh, used to go to Pure, uh, Pure Gym and then come out of there three times a week. I would cross the road and go to China Buffet King. I would have six plates of chicken and three bowls of ice cream on top of everything else I did that day. Okay. Um, I used to eat munchie boxes, a munchie box and a half, because uh, one wasn't enough, so I used to eat one and a half. And uh, it got to the point where I obsessed that much over the mass volume of food, that I would eat that, feel sick, go and have a protein shake, because I thought that's what I had to have, like, I, I had to have more protein in my diet, spew that up, and then go and have another one, because whatever I had just lost in the spew, I had to get back in. Um, so I ended up, my fitness levels and everything were terrible. I wanted to kind of, once I got to, like, say, 13 stone, I wanted 14. Once I got to 14, I wanted 15, and it just kept going and kept going. And then uh, I ended up in hospital with kind of heart problems, enlarged heart and slow pulse. Um, I actually told the, the, the reason it started is I told the full left-hand side of my abs. And then when I was in there, they said, listen, we'll do a couple of checks on you. And they noticed there was an abnormality with my heart. And they said, if I kept going the way I was going with the weights I was lifting, the food I was eating, I would just basically tear my heart. Do you think you just kind of used it as an excuse to kind of eat what you wanted? Any time anybody would say... Or that's crazy eating that or whatever, you would just say, oh, I'm, I'm bumping, it's all right. Big time. Aye. Big time. You went for a period, like a prolonged period of like starving yourself and like being such low calories that when you've got that kind of wee bit more freedom, you start off all right, you start doing it proper, but then you think, do you know what, what's a bowl of ice cream going to do? Nothing, I'll just eat it. What's that going to do? I'll just eat it. And then it just slowly starts snowballing. And then before you know it, as I said, I'm going to take away three times a week and eating whatever I wanted. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's crazy, mate. <laughs> you've had, <laughs> you've, you've had some journey with just, like, trying all these kind of fat things. I know, obviously, you said you'd tried a few, but putting yourself to 
that kind of high risk and then obviously doing it the, the other way about as well. But that just shows you how much of a kind of kind of mental effect that it had on you as a, as a kid. Like when you, as you were saying, you've been this kind of uh, overweight kind of kid and people kind of kind of called you names and stuff. So you've went for one extreme and then obviously you thought to yourself, right, I want to get a wee bit more muscle about me. I'm going to go for that to like another another extreme. It's it's going for, as you said, it's like going for one extreme to the, the, the other. Uh, obviously, no. What was the other, se- other second one you said? Sorry, was it... Um, Keep it simple. What's that, sorry? When you mentioned, when I asked you, sorry, to name three things, what was the second one, sorry? Was it just saying keep it simple, was it? So it was, um, obviously... Um, Another one was don't compare yourself to other people. Like, obviously, and I think the the problem with that is obviously social media these days. You'll always compare. Uh, massively. Oh, you will, definitely. Even, even now, I, I compare, do you know what I mean? Oh, massively. Uh, and it's one of the things I tell my clients, are you being a superhero to the wrong person? So you shouldn't really be trying to. Everybody these days is trying to be a superhero to followers that don't even don't even really know. But all the while you get like a couple of kids sitting there that you should really be a hero to. Do you know what I mean? Like I work with, I predominantly work with uh, mums. So it's like I say to them, why are you trying to like compare yourself to somebody that's like a competitive athlete, thinking, oh they look great, they've they've got cracking shape, or these celebrities are on telly. You get like kids and stuff like that. You've not got that lifestyle, so stop trying to live their lifestyle. They're probably. Social media is a highlight reel, yeah. and that's what a lot of people don't understand. That you only see the best bits, you never see the down bits. Oh, definitely. You only see the, the as you said, the good bits. You never see uh, the kind of challenges that maybe people go through. And I mentioned that we kind of, uh, like, a, I had a female client who's obviously a mother as well, and obviously used a kind of figure, figure bodybuilder kind of female to compare herself to him, like hold on, you're a mother of kind of two kids and plus this bodybuilder, she's only shown you her good figure. She's not showing you her mood swings. She's not showing you the fact that she's probably lost her menstrual cycle. She's probably not showing you that she's had to uh, change her pure her social events. She's probably never been around her friends and uh, probably not even, I, I, don't, I don't at the time, I can't remember if the last he had a partner, but they don't show you these kind of, as you said, it's the highlight reel. They'll show you the good bits. They'll show you the the ripped abs and the, the peachy bum, but they won't show you everything else in the background and all these kind of issues that they, they have. And uh, it's a big, it's a big thing, the social media stuff. It's a bit, it is a big thing, mate. Like, I'll be honest, like, when I first got my six pack, when I, when I was getting married, I wanted a six pack. I don't know why, I've always just wanted one. And uh, I worked, worked basically to get one. Um, and people said I look great. Now, don't get me wrong, I got my six pack and I probably did look great, but inside I felt terrible. Like, it's probably the worst I've ever felt. Um, and that's why I say to my clients, you don't want that life. Like, I was literally, I would go into my work and I was having like tuna and spinach for my dinner. Like, tuna and spinach, just bare basics. No even sauce or anything like that, just dry tuna and spinach. Like, what is that kind of life? And then I would come home and then, like, even daft things, like, you're so fatigued because your calories are so low that if my family said, do you want to come round and speak to me? I didn't want to go and spend a day with them because I was too tired. As soon as I came in for work, it was like, I'd be training all day, I'd be working all day, and as soon as I came in, I'd be like, no, I need my bed. I don't want to talk to anybody. Aye. And you're miserable. Mm-hmm. You're miserable. And it's like, that's how, like, if that's your game, then fair enough. That's what you want to do. But for a mum who's got two kids and a job, that's the last thing you should be thinking about. Mm-hmm. Definitely. If we had to say a few things to the people... 
So we, as I said, we're trying to promote healthy, healthy living, not not living for a diet. If you could tell them a few things to take away from the podcast today, would you think you would tell them? Stick to the basics for a start. Uh, so as you said, with the portion control and stuff like that, stick to that to start with. Get your activity levels up and stop listening to all these celebrities because I'll tell you the new, most of these celebrities don't even, you ask a celebrity what's in some of these products and they can't even tell you. Mm-hmm. They can't even tell you what it does. I, I, seen, a, I seen a video of Lassie last week that was promoting one of these things and when she was actually trying to promote it, she couldn't actually clearly tell you what was in it or what it would do. So stop falling for that nonsense that's out there. Stick to the basics and you'll be golden. I think that's what we can confidently say as, as personal trainers that, that, that what we promote, we know what it does to you. It's not like we need to look at the back of the package to tell you that it's going to help you feel more confident and improve your mental health, make you more physically active and generally fit. We're going to build like so many, so much more things that we can tell you. You're going to sleep better, you're going to manage your stress better, you're going to eat better. We don't need to look at a packet and read it off it. Exactly, mate. Like for me, if I was to ask you what like what you can do for me, you'd be able to clearly tell me what to do without even thinking about it. Whereas if you say to these people that are kind of promoting, because what you've got to understand as well is the people that are kind of down the pecking order are these kind of like shakes and stuff like that they can sell. They don't they don't know the science behind it. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they just they, they hear somebody else saying it, then they get commission for selling it. So the, the, if you ask them what's in it, they kind of be like, eh, like what's the science behind it? They, they would start. And then if you say to them, what can it do for me? They normally generally just say, oh, it'll help you lose weight. Yeah. But like, how much, like, how, do, how does it help me lose weight? They can't explain these things. Whereas if somebody came to a PT, for example, who's actually experienced all these kind of things, educated themselves on it and better themselves on it and actually practiced what they preach, you can clearly tell people what, what, what you can do for them and how it changes them, yeah. like step by step in the process. Mm-hmm. Definitely, Tell me a wee bit about you before we jump off. Just tell me a bit, a wee bit about you, what your, what your current situation is at the moment, and what you're going to be uh, going forward, and what we're hoping for over over the, over the next few months. So obviously we're hoping the gym's opening up. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the number one thing. Um, but yeah, I'm just basically focusing on uh, personal training at the moment, online and face to face, and just hopefully getting back into the gym. So if anybody wants to find me, I'm in Castles Fitness. Um, but just basically studying from now on, just try to learn the new research that's out there. Like, your, like yourself, mate, you, you, you're constantly learning new things and try to better yourself like everybody else out there. So people need to understand that coaches are constantly trying to improve as well, not just clients. Uh, we're in the same boat. We're trying to kind of better educate ourselves as well so we can pass it on to clients. So that's pretty much what I've done, mate. Just heads in the book constantly. That's- just try to find things. Kind of how our uh, kind of paths have kind of crossed because obviously certain courses that we've been doing we've kind of clashed and seen each other and, and it's good to see like during lockdown uh, I don't know about other PT I know a couple other PTs that might have been kind of held back and seen this as a bad situation that they've not been able to be into a gym they've not been able to work but I can clearly say that for myself and I know you because I obviously can see it when we're in the kind of branded impact mastery and all the other kind of courses that we've done I can see both of us have kind of used this kind of time to kind of excel as coaches not only kind of learn as trainers and learn the kind of basics like you always go back to learn the basics again and and then kind of build again over over that time period but things that we might have not used before like marketing and sales and how to do this and 
Facebook kind of groups and building up a community and, and helping 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 your clients at the same time but also you benefiting and using that time to kind of benefit going forward and it's been like I think it's been like a great time to be honest with you I think a lot of people like what's he saying with lockdown but I think me and you have kind of definitely uh, benefited from having a bit of time out of the gym and then learning how to kind of grow our business I think the biggest thing for me as well is what lockdown's taught me uh, when it comes to personal training as well obviously we are kind of trying to develop ourselves and stuff like that and it has been working do you know what I mean because we're, we're learning but we're putting it into practice what we're learning and I think clients need to do that as well take on board what we say and like kind of practice what we're telling you but the other thing for me mate is when I first started in this industry I thought it was dog eat dog like everyone's out for themselves and stuff like that but I think the biggest take me for lockdown is like every PT's in the same boat or not we shouldn't be trying to compete with each other. We should actually just be trying to. There's, there's enough clients out there for everybody and a lot of people that need our help. Yep. So I think we should all, like, for me anyway, I feel as if lockdowns, like, combined people, like, made it made it a team that were actually just trying to help everybody instead of just, like, trying to fight with each other. Um, or, like, kind of competition and trying to get more clients than another person. Aye, I'd say that as well. Obviously, we all know we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same situation. But we can also uh, kind of help each other kind of push forward and as you said the more it's rather than fighting over certain clients or I don't want to say fighting over certain but thinking about a kind of small pool of clients think about the bigger picture and how much more people that you can expand out to and kind of help um, exactly the way I see it, if we can if we can help each other like me like I've, I've bounced a few umpteen times like you've helped me massively over lockdown uh, so thanks for that but if, if we bounce off each other we can help Met of the general public to stop going on these royal diets and like going for the wrong information. Oh, definitely. Uh, rather than just going like, oh, I know all the information and I'm not sharing it with anybody. Like, yep. Help each other to actually build so that we can actually impact more. I know, and it's the same that maybe you do see a, a personal trainer who's maybe just started out and you're like, oh, I don't know if I would maybe do that. And then you'd be like, right, reach out to them, give them a wee bit of advice because if they can get better and they can kind of bring, bring uh, kind of their clients up to a level or kind of get an understanding as you mentioned not trying these fad diets and doing certain things and I think that uh, the, the only thing that kind of annoys me with kind of certain personal trainers that are quite slightly educated on nutrition and training and stuff and then you see them starting to sell these kind of products and you're thinking to yourself why do that to yourself because you know better that these don't work and you're just a cop out a sell out kind of I would say yeah. that and I be no, I definitely. I, I completely agree. Like if you're if you know the information on one side but you're selling like quick fixes is going to make you a quick buck, then you shouldn't really be in the interested, if my in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, you know better yourself, you probably wouldn't use the product, so why you try to promote it to people that are like more vulnerable yeah. and that are gonna come here. If you class yourself as a PT, people are gonna come for your expertise. So if you're like down selling yourself and selling these things then you, you don't deserve a place in the industry. Yeah, definitely. Especially with us, um, I just, I just that's the only thing that I can, that kind of hangs me with kind of personal trainers. I'll try and help any other PTs that kind of ask me any advice. I will try and help them and kind of push them forward. But if you're selling uh, any other kind of products, I'm sorry, but it's no, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to help you. No. <laughs> no. Definitely, like no. I've got, I've got some PTs that actually personal train me with Like some of my clients are PTs. Um, and some of them have said to me, like, listen, I'm actually on board to find out, like, what you do. So that, I, and that to me, it's not as if like I'm going to be jealous because I try to steal my stuff, take my stuff, take my systems and stuff like that because it's going to impact my life. So 
I don't know who your clients are. I might never never meet them. But if I've helped you help them, then it's a massive win. And I think that's the way the industry should be. It shouldn't be dog eat dog and um, try to compete with each other and stuff like that. that. That's far from the case. Yep, definitely. Right, mate. I'm going to jump off. We'll leave it there. Um, great chat. A lot of information on what people should do. Avoid these yo-yo diets. Think about your health. Don't think about the kind of wedding that you've got in a couple of months' time. Think about... And, and it's a post I put out this morning. Think about your why... Don't think about an, an event that's coming up in a month's time. You need to think about the long jeopardy. It might feel like it's a, a long road and it might feel like it's far away, but trust me, if you play the waiting game, you will get better results. You will um, look, Your health will be a lot better. Your mental health will be a lot better with that as well. Can I agree more, mate? Can I agree more? Stephen, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me, mate. Thanks, thanks very much. Sweet to later. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.